Hey there, this is Chris, the host of the RPG Quest podcast. Just a little note before we get started, I recorded this Warhammer one-shot quite a while ago, uh, back when we were in lockdown, actually, because of COVID. And as such, we played and recorded remotely. And because of that, the audio quality is not as perfect as I would like it to be. It's not awful, but uh, I pride myself on having the best quality audio, so... I promise going forward, following this Warhammer one-shot, I will be doing my best to make sure the recordings are all perfect and crystal clear. That being said, we had an amazing time playing Warhammer Fantasy Roleplay, so I hope you enjoy. Going to start recording, and uh, yeah, we are recording. Hello. 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 Hello and welcome to RPG Quest, a podcast where we play one-shots. Each one-shot, we're going to use a different system, hopefully one that uh, our players haven't played before, or at the very least, that I haven't run before. I am Chris, I will be your Game Master, and uh, I am joined by our uh, brave and intrepid heroes. Say hello, heroes. Hello, heroes. Incredibly brave heroes. So this is the first one shot we'll be running in hopefully what will be a long series. I guess we'll wait and see. And for this first adventure, we are going to be playing uh, Warhammer Fantasy Roleplay, which is a game that I have not played, nor have any of our players. But yeah, let me start by introducing them. We're joined by JD. Hello. We are joined by Torin. Hello. We're joined by Amber. Hi. And Liam. G'day. Yeah, and I'm correct in saying that none of us have played uh, Warhammer Fantasy roleplay before. Yes, sir. Sounds right. Uh, and we'll be playing 4th edition from Cubicle 7. This is the second episode of RPG Quest. So in the previous episode, the very first episode, we talked a little about Warhammer Fantasy roleplay, you know, about the lore, about how the system works, uh, and about basically like what you need to play. Um, so you can go back and listen to that episode if you haven't already. But in this episode, you guys are going to be rolling up characters. Who's and- the first victim? Ah, okay. Well, the thing with this podcast is that it's kind of meant to be a little bit of a tutorial. So I'm hoping that at the end, the listeners will know a little bit about you guys, a little bit about like the characters that you're going to be playing, but also how to roll up a character themselves. Very nice. For those of you playing at home, we are using Roll20. So we have like the character sheets in there. We'll be doing all our rolls uh, on Roll20 because we're playing online because... um, I think pretty much all of us are in lockdown. Like most of us are in Sydney, so we can't uh, leave our houses or we'll, we'll get shot. And Torin, you're in. Are you in lockdown? Oh, no, uh, you cannot uh, legally enforce lockdowns in Japan. So I have not been in lockdown since Corona started. Oh, is it like unconstitutional? Yes. Nice. Damn. Yes. So uh, my life has been pretty much normal except i can't travel and i wear a mask do they wear masks all the time anyway in japan though i was gonna say being in japan that's kind of the that's kind of normal normal anyway right a lot of people do yeah well i guess like one thing about warhammer is uh they have very comprehensive options for using random chance to make your character which i feel like is very in flavor with warhammer like you know letting the dark gods of chaos choose how things play out 
you know, you can choose any character you want, but another way to do it is using random chance and actually like the system awards you extra XP to spend on your character later if you do let chance fully decide your character, which is a really cool payoff. So I figured we would roll for everything, if that's cool with everyone. 100%. Absolutely. Hell yeah. More fun. In the spirit of things, I'm going to roll a d4 as well to see who uh, gets to go first. Praying that I'm not the first person. Well, going across the list, one, two, three, four at the bottom is Liam. So I guess uh, the gods... The realness gods have chosen me. So I guess the first thing you need is um, roll for species, yeah? All right, let's start these winds of fate. Oh, yeah, and I should point out that everything is done with percentile dice, so or D10, so D10s or D100s. So the, those are the only dice involved in Warhammer. Outside the uh, four Chaos Gods today, we're playing with the RNG God uh, of Roll20. <laughs> Don't they have that in Warhammer? It's called R- Ronald, Ranald Grump- or something? Grumpus or something, the, the dice god. Oh, man, I don't know. There are so many gods in the Warhammer world, but I think Ronald is the god of, like, gamblers and rogues and trickery and that kind of thing. But honestly, it wouldn't surprise me if there was, like, just a god of dice. Nuffle, that's it. Nuffle is the dice god. Right, so we've got the core rulebook open in front of us, which has a bunch of random tables to help you roll up your character. In Warhammer Fantasy, you've got your like classic uh, fantasy species. So you've got human, halfling, dwarf, high elf, and wood elf. Uh, basically, like one to ninety is human. 91 to 94 is Halfling, 95 to 98 is Dwarf, 99 is High Elf, and 100, that's it, is like Wood Elf. So it's literally a 2% chance of uh, rolling an Elf. So it is obviously very skewed towards human, as is like the Warhammer fantasy world. There's more of us, right? That's what it's trying to show. Yeah, exactly. And for fun, before we started recording, we all rolled D100s, and three out of the four of us got in the 90 range. So, good to get those good rolls out of the way, so now we can really (laughs) find out how human we're going to be. In the practice roll, three of you did roll dwarves, yes. It would have been an almost all dwarf party. Uh, uh, That's the best kind of party. I I agree, I agree. Dwarves rule, and elves draw. Then we would have all done terrible Scottish accents. You have to do a Scottish accent. That is the law. That is the rules as written, no matter what game you're playing. You have to do a bad (laughs) Scottish accent. Or a good one. Much less likely. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like the odds of that are less than one in 100. But it's the same as any drow or dark elf has to be Australian. Oh, my God. Well, they live down under. (laughs) That is so good. I've never never heard that, but I love it. Are you taking notes, Amber? Must be Australian. Yep, got it. That's why in the new video game from um, the Dogs and Dragons video game, the fact that Dritz Duerden doesn't have like a really strong Ocker accent is really disappointing. When the Crocs hit, he's kind of driven him. And so instantaneously, I've just jumped, grabbed hold of the Croc right around the back legs and hung onto his back legs. Wes is a big guy, he's like 90 kilos. He's actually rolled out of the crocodile's mouth, which gives me the opportunity to grab hold of his leg. Wes got up into the fence. Now this is the most- So, Liam, uh, what did you roll? 
54, so I am a human. You are a human. Uh, so we'll put that in to species. The good thing is you get the extra XP if you accept that roll. So like you could choose to roll again. Uh, nah, or- I'm going to take that one. I feel like the odds are against me, strongly stacked against me rolling anything else anyway. So, All right. Add in 20 XP. You get 20 XP for um, accepting the uh, the dice. I guess I should roll nine more times to get my next uh, 90 plus ready to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how it works. So just like that, accept the dice for race. 20 XP. 20 XP. I mean, we all know what humans are, right? I don't really need to explain that. They're the most numerous and the most widespread of the civilized species in the world. They occupy every corner of the continent. The largest, most powerful human realm is the Empire. They're the, uh, the Reichlanders, though, right? So Reichland. We are playing in Reichland, so you are the Reichlanders. Warhammer Germany. Pretty much. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely is. Especially if you look at the map of the old world before they shattered it and made Age of Sigma, um, where Reichland is, is pretty much smack bang in the middle of Franco-Germany. Yeah, you don't see enough German in fantasy world building. No. Okay, right. So we've got our uh, species. Uh, the next step is your class and your career. This is a little bit different from D&D and that kind of thing. Your class and career is kind of like your um, your place in society and your current job and status. There are a lot of them, but as opposed to D&D classes like Rogue or Cleric, you have things like Academics or Burgers, just basically citizens of a town, uh, Courtiers, even Peasants. And then you do have things like Rangers, Rogues and Warriors. There is a slimmer chance of getting those kind of things. It is skewed more towards your peasants and lower status characters. And then within each of those broader categories, there are sort of specializations, things like a boatman or a rat catcher or just literally just villager. I know you guys have had like a little look at the book. Are there any like classes that are... You guys have pegged as like your favorite or ones that you like the most? Um, I actually rolled uh, when we're just messing around. I think I, I, I rolled, the first time I got a beggar, which I wasn't too happy about, which didn't turn out too bad. But the career or the uh, envoy was actually looked really cool. The courtiers have some really cool little skills in them. That's cool. I really like the rat catcher because you get a dog. Oh, see, that is nice. That is and, so like, nice. As you level up, the dog gets bigger and meaner. <laughs> yeah, I like that. I actually kind of like the idea of something like a beggar or something that's just absolutely trash because I feel like you're going to have to make up for it with some pretty creative, creative things. Please, sir. I want some more. Yeah. Um, that being said, if I roll a high alpha wizard or something, I'm not going to complain. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I do have a soft spot for the more kind of out there and weak source classes and careers. Like I was playing around and rolled up a flagellant which is a doomsayer, I guess. Like what? literally one of those people that stand on the corner with a sign that says like the end is nigh and whips themselves <laughs> for penance for, for everyone's sins. In that time, the rumours of things going astray. Um, and there shall be a great confusion as to where things really are. Like, that you, you've got a, like, really career know. choice yeah, with it. Right. So as you level up, you, there's, like, you know, peasant becomes, it sort of gr- graduates as it goes. And it's sort of this yeah, you can, smaller you can reward. Go somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Yes. But you just really can lean into your character about how, like, doomed you are. 
It is very, it is very cool. And yeah, we will we, we'll talk about that, I guess. So like you pick your class and then throughout your class, there are um, careers. I mean, you all start at level one at your career. And I guess a good mechanic of the game is as you level up, um, you have your career path and you can change careers as you, you know, as you level up and you grow and you get more skilled. And but you, 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 most of the things that you start off with are not very good. Even like the high rolls are like you really are when you start this game, like a nobody. You are not like, you know, uh, like a D&D character where you're like a scion of some ancient elven oracle who's like out in the world trying to find themselves. It's like, no, 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 you, you drive a boat. That's your, that's who you are. It's delightfully refreshing. It's, <laughs> you get to, you get to live a new life, but it's not much better than the one you already have. <laughs> yeah. Which is why we play role-playing games, right? So we can pretend to be peasants. So there is a uh, class and career table. Again, we'll be rolling a D100. Come on, Nuffle. Ooh. Ooh. I've never rolled higher than 50 on this table when I've been, when I've been uh, building characters. Nice. Oh. All right, you land lovers. Let's go for it. I'm a seaman. Hey. Are you ready, kids? Aye, aye, Captain. I can't hear you. Aye, aye, Captain. <laughs> You are a seaman. Army hearties. Cool. Amazing. So Riverfolk is your class and then your career took over to the uh, advances box and you can add in <clears throat> seaman. <laughs> Actually, why don't we have a look at what the book says about seaman? Uh, here we are. A life on the ocean waves calls to you. Though many Reichlander seamen never see the sea. Seamen sail the high seas in the Imperial Navy or for one of the merchant houses. The Reichlands may have no coast, but the River Reich from the wasteland to Altdorf is miles wide and full of ocean-going vessels. Seamen can always find work, whether as cabin staff on an Imperial battleship or on the crew of a small trading sloop. Some seamen travel the world by working to pay their passage. Yeah, I'm happy to go with the... Uh... Seaman. It's funny because I've been playing, I have been playing Warhammer for the better part of the last 25-ish years, which kind of makes me feel like I'm very old, but I'm not that old. I've just been playing since I was young. And one of the um, games that I used to play for Warhammer was Mordheim, which is now a very popular video game as well. But originally in the tabletop version, one of the groups you could take was the Reichland uh, Sea Folk. So the, the Reichland ship people, and you used to be able to have a whole group of people that were all seamen of the Reichland uh, Navy. Nice. Aye, matey. It's a fate you get to be a, a seaman now. I, I I just have to mention, like, in the book, um, I'm looking at the book now, under all the class descriptions, they have little quotes from various people of that class, like famous quotes. And one of them, this is from an optimistic Reichlander sailor, and the quote is, I can see the sea. <laughs> one of them's done it someone got there that's the important part okay so you are a river folk seaman if you accept that role again this is where the um the xp awards come into place so if you like it um yeah. you can say yes and you get 50 xp for that Ooh, um, i think i'll take that absolutely now if you don't like it you can roll again and get 25 xp and then pass that three, point then, right I think if you don't choose the first, you roll twice more and bring your selection up to three choices, and then uh, you can select from one of those three. 
Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So you can roll three and choose the best one. And then you only get 25 XP. Then if you don't like any of those, you can just keep rolling till you get something you like. You can literally just roll all day until you get a wizard. Um, <laughs> and then, but then you don't get any bonus XP. I'm completely fine going with the Reichland Seaman. Amazing. Flick over, add 50 XP, done and done. Now that we have your species, your class, your career, this is the fun stuff. This is your attributes, starting with characteristics, which I guess well, they are, they're like your stats, a little bit different from like a D&D. Um, so you've got weapon skills, ballistic skills, which is ranged weapon, strength, toughness, initiative, Agility, which is like, you know, athletics, acrobatics, your gross motor skills. Dexterity is like your fine motor skills rather than in D&D where dexterity is like everything involving being quick. In this case, you've got agility and then you've got dexterity, which is like sleight of hand or um, having neat handwriting, possibly. So you don't need to be like quick and athletic to have a great sleight of hand. Intelligence, willpower and fellowship, how well you, you get along with others. Hey, if you live, you should bring them around more often. Uh, you're a human, so humans get a flat plus 20 to everything. So you roll 2d10 plus 20 for each of your stats, and we just go along in order from left to right. Let's go. Okie dokie. So it's 2d10 plus 20. I'm just going to copy that because I feel like I'm going to be doing that a lot. You are. Ooh, terrible. Uh, okay, yep. Yeah. 26 for weapon skill. Not great with melee weapons. Maybe he's good with ranged weapons. Nah, not really. Ah, bummer. That's 29. So I think yeah. like 30 is sort of, 30 is kind of like average. Yeah. Okay. And I guess strength. Okay. A little better. 33 for strength. Toughness. How tough is this semen? Oh, he's pretty tough. Nice. He's a tough semen. Hard He's taking a bit of a beating. <laughs> <laughs> uh, There's only so long you can hold back your laughter. <laughs> uh, so 35 for toughness. That's your top stat so far. Uh, and he's fast. Not necessarily a great thing for a semen. Um, we'll be able to milk this one for sure. Jesus Christ. All right, so 35 for toughness, 35 for initiative. So the semen is tough and quick off the mark. Right. Uh, all right. And he's, yeah, he's not too far. He's not uh, very agile. 26 for agility, not amazing, no. Dexterous, though. Yeah, a little bit. A little bit. 31. Okay, nice, nice. He's a little bit of a slippery semen. <laughs> so far he's uh, generally an all-rounder Ooh, he's very smart though Okay, here we go Ah, uh, yeah, there we go These are good rolls 36 intelligence, that might come in handy These stats will, well, some of these stats will get bumped up um, In later stages of the character creation anyway So, you know, we'll see where we end up at the very end Ooh, not very willful though The 26 oh, And let's see, how does he get along with his fellow... Sailors. Yeah, about as well as the next guy. Oh, yeah, 30. There you go. All right. So there we have it. So weapon skill, we got 26. Ballistic skill, 29. Strength, 33. Toughness, 35. Uh, I think the next one is initiative, 35. Agility, 26. Dexterity, 31. Intelligence, 36. Willpower, 26. And fellowship, a flat. Th flat 30. Yeah. 
It's not too bad. Kind of an average spread for now, but let's see if the next part of the character creation can kind of bump some of those up a bit. Also, you can choose to rearrange those numbers into any spread you like, reassign them to different skills. You can choose to re-roll again, or there is actually a point-by system where you just get 100 points to spend along all those stats in sort of any way that you like. But again, there is a benefit to accepting the dice, how they land. You do get a bonus 50 XP if you just accept the rolls. Yeah, look, I think I'm just going to, again, take that bonus XP. Yeah, yeah. I it, 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 it adds strong rolls. Yeah, like, like they were good averaged, I think. Like it didn't have any particularly good in like weapon skill per se. Um, but this also gets changed later down the line, like when you actually go into your class advances, like certain class skills bump different abilities and stuff anyway. Yeah, you'll get so, some like extra plus fives and stuff to your like weapons and, and things. And exactly. look, yeah, you've got a couple of like, Above 30s there, a couple of 35s. Yeah, so I guess I'll say it was an extra 50 XP for that, yeah? 50 XP. So now that we've done base attributes, uh, the next thing we are going to look at is wounds, uh, which is your hit points, essentially. It's the total amount of damage points that you can take before you get down to zero uh, and bad things start to happen. Oh! If you click over to the combat tab... Um, Oh, it's worked it out for us. Uh, max yeah, wounds, okay. 11. Cool. Um, but if you did want to work it out, it is your strength bonus plus your toughness bonus twice, doubled, and then your willpower bonus. So wounds okay. done. Now we are moving on to fate and resilience, which I think is like a really neat feature of the game. It's really cool. Do you believe in fate, Neil? No. You get these things called fate points, fortune points, resilience points, and resolve points uh, to spend during gameplay. Fortune points, and these replenish at the start of every session, these allow you to uh, either re-roll or they give you like a plus one to a roll after you've done it, or you can also like change your initiative for that round. Like if you want to, if you roll a shit initiative, you want to go first this round, um, you can spend a fortune point to do that. Then you've got fate points. Now, Fate, once you burn them, once you spend a fate point, that is it. Fate is basically like the I don't want to die point. If you get knocked out in a battle, you spend your fate point and say, well, actually, I don't want to die. Instead of dying, I'm just taken out. You know, you, you, can, you still concede the battle, but, you know, you're, uh, maybe you're just left for dead or, you know, you fall off the cliff and get washed away by the river or, or something. But basically, you like live to die another day. Now, resolve points are your mental and physical fortitude. Uh, so your ability to, you know, draw from within and overcome any obstacles it might be psychology, which would be like a fear effect or something like that. Or it could be a physical condition as well, um, which might be prone or bleeding or an effect from suffering a critical wound, you know, that's, that's causing you ongoing damage. You can spend a resolve point to overcome one of those conditions or effects. And then there's resilience, which I think do one of two things. One would be to deny corruption. So if something awful happens, usually something to do with magic and you roll in the corruption table and you're about to develop possibly a mutation, you can spend a resilience point to say, no, that is not going to happen. You do not mutate. 
You do not lose any corruption points. I, I also love the fact that there are uh, mutants and mutations in this game. Not just mutants as enemies, but you can be, become a mutant yourself. That's it's really cool. Oh, yeah. The, the corruption tables are quite cool. The corruption tables seem really cool. And it's some, sometimes, it, actually, I was just reading it, like, it, it's kind of good. It can be. So there's a full physical corruption table. You get animalistic legs, uh, an enormous eye, um, an extra mouth, a fleshy tentacle, glowing skin, short legs. That sucks. Imagine just getting short legs. Baby legs. Baby legs. Here we go. That's the sound I make when I turn around. <laughs> I assume in this world, like, animalistic legs seems great, but I imagine walking around town. Any kind of mutation in the Warhammer world is going to get you strung up by the flagellants straight away. They are immediately set upon by witch hunters, flagellants, priests of Sigma, or Ulrich, or any of the other gods. Uh, any kind of mutation is seen as a mark of chaos. And so in any of the civilized cities south of Kislev, which is the, the most northern nation closest to the Chaos Scar, is, it's going to get you killed. Right, and that's because mutations are like corruptions, which happen from doing evil powers. shit or the chaos. Yeah. Um, witnessing and even, even and if you're born with it, it's still just seen as a mark of chaos. Animalistic legs, you can you can you can at least like put on pants, right? Wear a skirt. It depends. Are they talking? Because if, if they're speaking about the animalistic legs of the people who are like of the actual game, you're thinking like goat man legs. Yeah. Yeah. So you're gonna have some that, hooves. That was out what I was. Hoping that would, you know, backwards ass goat legs, like you'd yeah, because yeah, because beastmen are a playable force in Warhammer and always have been, and they're like touched by chaos, mm. like they they follow the four ruinous powers. It's gonna get you probably killed. So none of these would be good, really. There is a big warning that says, "Be very careful." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We're all craving some chaos. Mutation is effectively a death sentence if discovered. <laughs> if, if. Yes, and the, the ones that aren't killed by witch hunters end up kind of roaming the, the highways and byways and lurking in the forests of Reichland. Um, you know, sometimes colluding with cultists and, and sacrificing people to the chaos gods, which makes up a big a big part of the backdrop of a lot of adventures and, and kind of the gameplay of, of Warhammer fantasy roleplay. But corruption isn't just physical right there's there's mental corruption as well yeah but so the mental ones you're much more, more likely to get away with yes the the mental corruption table is um uh, uh, not as not as intense and there's quite a few funny ones on here like awful cravings uh chaotic dreams worried jitters <laughs> just real jittery i just love <laughs> the beast within more willpower but your intelligence and fellowship suffers. But before we get too sidetracked, we've gone through one use of resilience points. The other way to spend resilience is by choosing not to fail a test. Once you've already rolled it and once you've already failed, you can instead say, no, I do not fail this test. The example given in the book is that you're fighting a bandit leader who's absolutely plowing through everyone. He's built up all this advantage and he goes to attack you, you defend, but you fail by a lot. And this blow will probably wipe you out. You spend the resilience point to instead say, no, I will not fail. You pass that check and then turn the tide of battle to your favor. So that was a really long and roundabout way of explaining what those tokens do. Um, in terms of how many you get, there is a table within the character creation part of the book that tells us how many we start with. 
Um, if we scroll down to the attributes table. So it'll be two fate, I believe, as a human and one resilience. Because dwarves have no fate, neither do halflings or elves. Humans, yeah, fate smiles upon the humans. So you start off with two fate and one resilience. And Does it say where we get points to spend? Yeah, three extra to assign. So you don't start off with any resolve or any fortune. No, no. Cool. Yeah. So you can put them wherever you want. I probably would say, seeing as this is a one shot, don't plan on doing too much dying. Although I guess we'll see. So maybe you don't need to beef up um, your fate points too much. So the fortune and resolve actually is equal to your. Uh, so fortune is equal to your fate, resolve is equal to your resilience. You don't have to put points into them. Uh, oh, okay, yeah. So you don't need to put points into them, but you should mark them up then. So you should also put, if you've got one resilience and two fate, then you'll have two fortune and one resolve as well. And then you can spend your points wherever you want. So you're saying we shouldn't plan on dying, so resilience might not be important. I would say two fate points in a one-shot. I, if you if you die more than twice... Um, I deserve it. Yeah. That's what yeah. Cool. So we go with four resilience then. Uh, yeah, nice. <laughs> cool. Let's do it. Um, put them all into you. Put them all into uh, resilience and resolve. Then we've got movement. Uh, there is a little table for that. So you're a human. Should have four, eight, four. sixteen. Yeah. Uh, and I believe that's like yards. Um, but I think we just use like squares, like D and D squares, right? It's like four squares, eight squares, sixteen squares. Is that how it works? Sounds good. So, uh, yep, fate, resilience, resolve, fortune, movement. Now, if you look under there, we have motivation, which is fine. This is where you can like get creative, uh, I guess, because this is like um, inner core word or phrase. What is your character's essence i guess like what uh what drives them uh what makes them tick like what is your character's hopes and dreams um which i don't know if you've given much thought your semen uh <laughs> i mean well, he could have cure cancer but instead um he chose the noble path <laughs> <laughs> i think for him it would be a wanderlust yeah yeah that's i mean that's perfect right yeah to, to see and explore new things. This is good. So this like does have like a mechanical element, I think. It's kind of like, um, this is how you earn uh, more resolve points. So if you like role play true to your character's motivation, then the DM, if you have a good DM who, you know, follows the rules and knows the mechanics and does it, will award you resolve points for, for, for role playing true to, to your character's motivation, basically, to your nice. wanderlust. Um, yeah, I yeah. feel like as a seaman, the reason he or she haven't decided yet took up the career was to see the world. To see the ocean and the world. <laughs> Eventually see the ocean. It's a rare sight. Yeah, cool. So now we've got that. Now we can move on to um, advanced characteristics or advances. You know, these are the extra points determined by your class. I'm going to go down to chapter three in the book and down to... Extra skills. We've got skills and talents. We will start off with uh, species skills and talents, human or a Reichlander. So there are a bunch of skills for you to choose from. And basically you choose three of these skills 
to put five advances in, so to bump up five points. Then you choose three skills to bump up by three points. So you choose like your three best skills, you get a five buff to, then you choose three other skills to bump three into. If we click over to the advances tab on your character sheet, mm -hmm. and if we scroll down to the very, very, very bottom of that sheet, you have a little species um, advances. And mm -hmm. the cool thing about Roll20 is it's kind of worked it out for you. So you've got a whole range of things and you pick three that you can bump up by three and three that you can bump up by five. All right. I can cool. go th through them real quickly if we want. Let me, here we are, skills and talents. Animal care, that's obviously looking after animals. Charm, uh, charm makes people think favorably of you, of your opinions um, and your proposed actions. We've got cool. Cool is like obviously keeping, staying calm and collected in the face of danger, resisting fear, resisting horror, that kind of thing. And you use it to like resist people who might be charming or intimidating you. Evaluate, I think, is an intelligence-based skill. That's like um, determining like the worth of something. So whether that's like art or gems or the value of a rare artifact or, or trade goods or something like that, you know, the relative worth of an item. Gossip is like ferreting around for, for interesting and useful news, um, rumors, that kind of thing. Might be good, especially if you're like into like blackmailing people and learning little secrets and, and that kind of stuff. It's a good skill to have. Uh, haggles, pretty self-explanatory, right? Um, got extra languages, leadership, obviously your ability to command others and, and earn their respect. Law. Uh, which is an intelligence-based one. I mean, you might know if you're a sailor and stuff, like a little bit about like the lore of like Rackland, but maybe not. And then you can bump up your melee basic skills and your ranged, you've got ranged bow skills. Um, rather than ranged basic, you've got a special in bow, which is nice. Yeah. Um, so I think as a, as a sailor and a seaman, uh, Range combat is probably going to be pretty important. So I'm going to probably drop five into range bow. I feel like he's also, he or she has also spent time haggling about prices. So another, and also mm. on the, uh, such a large river, you need to really keep cool in dangerous situations. So I think it's going to be another five in there. And then I get three skills with three advances as well. Yep. I think he's probably knows his little bit about his way around some melee weapons. Probably not too much, though, so I'm going to go three in that. Definitely being a dock worker, probably hears a lot of gossip, spreads a lot himself, so I'm going to go for gossip there. Uh, and he does that by being somewhat charming. Nice. So another three in there. Awesome. Uh, cool. That is your So that's your species skills. There are career skills that you will get on top of that, but we're going to go in the same part, uh, we're going to go talents. Uh, okay. Now, every human gets, you start off with a couple of talents. I'm going to tell you a little bit more about what they are, but you start off with doomed. You start off with savvy or suave, and then we get to roll for three more. Yes, if you write doomed in there and tick it, I'm going to scroll down and say what doomed is because it's very, very, very cool. Um, and there's a cool little like dynamic in here as well about it. So every human starts off with doomed. Doomed is, at the age of 10, a priest of Moor called a doomsayer took you aside to foretell your death in an incense-laden coming-of-age ritual called the dooming. 
in conjunction with your GM, come up with a suitable dooming. Should your character die in a fashion that matches your dooming, your next character gains a bonus of half the total XP of your dead character, or half the total of the XP that your dead character accrued during play. So at the age of 10, a doomsayer foretold how you were going to die. And just as some background, Moor is the god of the dead, uh, as well as dreams and dreamers as well, but that's why a, a doomsayer would be doing that, because he worships the god of the dead. Is the god of the dead, like, inherently evil? No. Nope. No, no, no. He, he's not inherently uh, evil. Um, he, it's more... He's more of a neutral god. He just looks over the dead uh, and sends visions to his followers through dreams. That is awesome. Um, so you get to choose Savvy or Suave. Uh, I believe Savvy gives you a plus five bonus to your starting intelligence characteristic. Um, so you don't put it in your advances. You just add like add five to your, your base intelligence skill. Or if you choose Suave, uh, it is the same thing. You get a plus five to your starting fellowship. I am actually going to drop that into Savvy because I think it's interesting to play a sailor with a 41 intelligence. I really like that. And here's the thing, right? If you're really poor, if you're really poor, you come from a shit station, but you're intelligent, like really the only way for you to like get out and like get into some kind of structural society where you can like maybe work your way up and move above your station and actually see things would be like going and joining the Navy or something. Yeah. So that's kind of like, you know, it's quite a good uh, little yeah. character trait, I think. It also happens, and this is a side thing that I didn't realise, Gambling happens to work off your intelligence, and I feel like that suits a sailor well. Oh, yes, um, <laughs> it, that would that would absolutely have to be one of the um, one of the career characteristics, which we'll get to in a sec. But first, we're going to do your. Um, so you get three more random talents, I believe. There is a random talents table on page thirty-six. Again, it's a D one hundred. Roll it three times. You don't get any extra XP for this one. Everyone does it. It's just fun. But yeah, let's... Uh, yeah, well, let's see what I get. Then I'm just going to roll it three times and then we can consult the table. Ooh. Ooh, I may have to re-roll one of those. If you roll something you already have, you did... Yeah, you rolled Suave. Uh, oh, actually, you, you rolled... I don't have Suave. You rolled Sturdy and Suave. Oh, let's go through. So you rolled, you rolled Suave. You rolled Sturdy. And you rolled 61, which is pure soul. Okay, so suave. Suave, so that's a plus five to your fellowship. Pure soul. Pure soul. Is it a jazz thing? Pure soul. <laughs> Careless whispers just starts playing in the background. <laughs> Um, oh, so pure soul is a max willpower bonus. Willpower bonus. Uh, so pure soul. Your soul is pure, quite resistant to the depredations of chaos. You may gain extra corruption points equal to your level of pure soul before having to test to see if you become corrupt. Uh, equal to your level of pure soul. So when determining like the level of a... Uh, of a talent, is it just that 
you are level one when you start? I believe so. So I, th- I think with talents, you can take them multiple times. So, for instance, if I took Suave the first time, I feel like if I'd rolled it again, it would have let me stack on. It does say um, Some maybe of them do, the, not all of them. It does say maybe this is just for the character generation though. It does say if you roll the same thing um, re-roll. to re-roll. Yeah, it, it does. Yeah, but I think maybe it let you stack things on like later on. Yeah, I think yeah, so. That- there, there are some that stack, but I think they. It's not all of them. It depends on the talent. Yeah, gotcha. Um, so you just have one level in um, pure soul. And finally, sturdy. Sturdy. Here we are. This is very in character as well. You have a brawny physique or are very used to carrying things. Increase the number of, cur- of encumbrance points you can carry by your sturdy level times two. So you'll get a plus two to your, um, to your max encumbrance. So there we have it. What were my talents for being human? So many talents. And I do love that, that being doomed is like every human. Every, just, just that in this world, every human at the age of 10 gets taken to a priest who foretells how they're going to die. <laughs> this, is like, this is just a standard thing in this world. And I guess that's then what you have to decide, right? What, what is his doom? Yeah, well, you get to decide that. Like, were you trampled by a bunch of hogs? Uh, were you killed by the ocean? Like, you know. That's a good question. So we've done, we've just done species, skills and talents. Now we get to do career. We get to do it again. Career, skills and talents. So there will be eight skills and four talents listed uh, next to your career description, which mm-hmm. is semen. So you choose which of these you're most proficient at. So basically you, you get 40 advances to spend. This is for the skills. You get 40 advances, so like 40 points to put into those eight skills. Um, so you could just put fives in all of them, but you can't put, you can't bump them up by more than 10, no more than 10 into any of those skills. You may also, oh, and you choose a single talent from those talents to learn. Beautiful. All right. So this- the first level career of a seven is called... A landsman. <laughs> so you're not even actually a seaman. You're a landsman. No. <laughs> no, not a seaman for a while. So you need to put that in level. Uh, you also should have status. Is there somewhere where you can put in your... Ah, yes. If you've got yeah. status, you see there it's silver one. This determines like how people treat you, but it also determines your starting wealth, which we'll get to in a second. Um, so we put mm-hmm. silver one in there. Um, the skills that you have are climb... Consume alcohol, gamble, gossip, row, melee, um, specifically brawling, sail, and swim. So you get to choose which ones of those you want to advance and by how much. Up to 40 points. There's eight different ones. A melee brawling. Interesting. Fisticuffs. If there's two things he loves, it's fighting and fighting around the world. Sail and swim. All right, so, as we said, our boy is a gambler with his intelligence. He knows how to read cards and play the, play the dice. So I'm going to drop 10 advances straight into gambling because that seems fun. Whereas the rest of it, I think because he's so good at gambling, though, it's meant that he's had to be in the occasional brawl. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, so I think we're going to drop 
probably going to spread the rest of the talents out. So we'll go five in brawling, five in consuming alcohol. So it's going to be 20 total. That leaves me with five more with 20 left over. The thing is, though, because he's so smart, he manages to so he's not particularly good at rowing things. That makes sense. You get other people to do the rowing for you. Yeah. So I think he's actually just going to not point points in rowing and put everything put points in everything else. You've got to be able to. Have, there's no limit, right? You don't have to put a minimum points in. You don't have to put. No, no, no. You don't have to put a minimum. There's only a max of ten, and you've got forty to spend. Perfect. Um, yeah. Yeah. You. Know, I mean, I you need you need it. swim so that you don't die. Obviously, uh, as a sailor, it's yeah, useful. Course. And then, uh, yeah, sail and climb, I guess, for... Yeah, so I guess because he's only been on a sailing ship, ever really had to do any of his own. That's the one thing he sucks at as a sailor. Yeah. Um, you get to pick one talent as well for your career path. Fisherman, strider, a coastal strider, uh, a strong back or a strong swimmer. Hmm. Strong back sounds pretty good. I really like the uh, picture in the book. Uh, everything, you know, fits. And then those lovely shoes. Mm. Yeah, the little buckles. They're great. I just love the fluffy pantaloons with the, like the deep blue. It's not such a nice color on that hideously ugly pirate, man. <laughs> uh, here we are. Strong back. Uh, this is a strength bonus. Uh, tests, row, and swim. You have a strong back. Uh, that he's used to hard work. You may add your levels in strong back in any opposed strength tests, can carry additional encumbrance points of trappings equal to your level of strong back. So we're building a pack mule, basically. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I think I'm going to go with strong back. This is how he wins a lot of his uh, brawls. Yeah. Also, opposed strength tests. I'm not sure fully of the mechanics of the game yet, but I feel like opposed strength is a pretty useful thing. So being able to add this uh, add this bonus to your uh, opposed strength tests is pretty good. So I think you want to put in a one then in the advances possible because that's a Perfect. leveled talent, right? Yep. Beautiful. And then under trappings. Oh, yes. Our buck, brush, and mop. So good. Just what you want to scrub the deck. <laughs> you are now the we proud. Can't you say that. <laughs> well, you just don't say it with a Kiwi accent. You're fine. I'm just a seaman that needs to scrub the deck. Don't worry about it, bro. <laughs> What's that seaman doing on that deck? <laughs> oh dear. Uh, amazing. You are the proud owner of a uh, 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 bucket, brush, and mop. <laughs> so from being on the ocean to then wanting to be on the ocean, to then just hoping you're on a boat. <laughs> so I also do get the general trappings. There are class trappings for a river folk as well, yes. Um, so that's going to give me a cloak, clothing, dagger, pouch, a sling bag containing a flask of spirits, and that's what I've got. Beautiful stuff. Worn stuff doesn't add to your encumbrance. Um, so, like, you know, when you're working out, like, oh, my clothes weigh one and my cloak weighs one. Um if you add it, though, in your trappings thing, there's a little tick box that says, like, worn and encumbrance. If you tick the worn thing, um, it won't add to your total encumbrance because you're wearing it. So it's like you're not carrying it. So that's like okay. a good little okay. mechanic as well. Now we are going to do money. So we go next to encumbrance there. Uh, on the character sheet, you see wealth. You've yeah. got GC for gold coins or gold crowns, uh, SS uh, silver shillings, and BP is uh, brass 
pennies. All right. So I am a silver one. So you get 1d10 worth of silver shillings. I get nine silver shillings. Ooh, good roll. Um, so yeah, punch in nine. There you go. Yeah, 12 uh, pennies make a shilling. 20 shillings make a gold coin. So I think that's right. So like 100 and 240 pennies make a, a gold coin. Yeah. Right. I've had a look. There's like literally nothing you can buy with uh, with about nine silver shillings, unfortunately, in terms of armor and weapons and stuff. Um, we can get to that later, though. We can look through in the in the book and see if there's anything you want to buy before we um, actually start the game. But yeah, that's your trappings. That is your money. Uh, I think we've worked out all your skills. Next, uh, adding detail. Oh, of course. Well, detail. I mean, this is your name, your age, your hair, your eye color, your height. Now, there are also random tables for this in the book if we would like to do it randomly. And also, there are some very cool like name generators online, which we can also, if you want to go like completely random chaos, we could do like a a fantasy name generator as well. Look, I saw Reichland, um, and I. Want like I actually immediately came up with the name. Nice. Uh, so his name is actually going to be Mikel Seller. Mikel Seller or Michael Saylor. I love it. But just the German derivation. But everything else is going to be random. Everything else is going to be random. Uh, well, I mean, let's start. We're doing physical details. Let's start with age. We'll go through the sheet. Uh, so you roll for human age. Humans obviously live to about 60. They die early um, compared to halflings, which live uh, a lot longer. They live to like 200, I think. I think so. Uh, halflings, dwarfs, obviously longer. Um, hundred, Sorry, 120 for halflings, over 200 for dwarfs. And uh, elves, the bastards just don't age or die. Uh, Fire and iron, the only two things that can kill them. There you go. Well, fire, iron, and a broken heart. Same as Tolkien's ones. <laughs> uh, elves suck. <laughs> My fears. Can't trust them. Um, so the with this game, I guess because part of the mechanic is really like leveling up, working through your career. Um, I think you're meant to like work hard and age as you go on. So you start off quite young. Like human, the starting age is 15 plus D10. So you could potentially be 16 years old. Yeah, well, let's see exactly how old I am. Ooh. At least I'm a teenager and a whopping 19 years old. There you go. A 19-year-old seaman. That works with your wanderlust, though. It does. Doesn't uh, know better yet. He's <laughs> <laughs> only seen one deck. <laughs> so many dicks to see. So many decks to clean. Oh, dear. Um, so next we'll go height. Um, you start off at four foot nine. And then you add 2d10 inches. So if you just roll 2d10. Seven. So, so seven. Five foot four. That will make you five foot four. Which Perfect. is, uh, you know, probably for this world, like not that short. I don't know. No. Is it- I, imagine for, I imagine if it's anything like medieval Europe, average height. Everyone was like five foot back then. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we're going to do uh, 2d10 to determine your uh, hair and eye color. Um, so we'll go across. We'll start with hair. 17. Seven. Ooh. Black. Okay. So you got black hair. And then we'll go for eye color then. 
Nine. Uh, pale grey. Ooh. Seen some decks in your time. <laughs> All those eyes have seen many decks. Physical characteristics. Now, there are other things like you put in your um your long-term and short-term ambitions. I mean, because we're not doing a full campaign, we don't really need to do that. Um, but it's still kind of like a fun thing to do. If we scroll down, ah, here you are. You've got short-term oh, yeah. and long-term ambitions. So they could just be some, literally something like... Um, like short term, like to see the ocean, long term, like to travel the world, you know? I was actually thinking see the ocean anyway, uh, short term. <laughs> see the sea. And long term, after a rumor he heard when he was a man, he wants to travel to Lustria. Ooh. See some dino men. Yeah. Is that what Lustria is? Yeah, so that's pretty much the home of the lizard, lizard men. Oh, nice. And many other nasties. Oh, yeah. Much, much. <laughs> many worse things, but it's basically like the new world. It's the Americas, basically, uh, in this world. Nice. There's also, if you look, there's a little spot on the bottom of the sheet there, and it says it in the, it takes you through these steps in the um, book as well. You've got like your party name, your like party's short-term goals, long-term goals, and the members. I'm thinking for this adventure, like you guys probably aren't a party or don't necessarily know each other yet. So we might just like leave that blank, but it's a good thing to do. And like, if your party achieves your um, ambitions, you do receive like XP. So it's a very like party driven game. It's like a very cool mechanic. It's like, you know, if your short-term party is to see a lizard person, when you finally see that lizard person, you know, everyone gets 50 XP, uh, which is great. If you achieve your long-term party ambitions, which obviously should be something more difficult, you get like 500 XP um, and then you get to choose a new a new ambition. I like yeah. the um, the options there, the examples, like if you want to overthrow the emperor or legalize necromancy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that'll, that'll be good. Oh, there's some really cool ones. Yeah. Eradicate empire-wide chaos cult, build a castle. Become heroes of the empire. Um, there's also like a whole thing in the book here to like, it says that a useful technique for the DM is to like go through and they give you a list of like 10 questions. Um, probably not going to do that because it'll take a bit of time, but the questions are like, you know, where are you from? What is your family like? What was your childhood like? Um, who's your best friend? What's the best deck you've ever seen? Um, yeah, your greatest desires, your memories, all that kind of stuff. Um, why are you adventuring? Um, so it's just like, I guess, a little thing to like flesh out your character's kind of backstory. But um, we don't necessarily need to do that. I quite like that it incentivizes you to achieve your ambition. So like, it's, you're not necessarily, you know, D&D, you play your character for months and months. Whereas here, you might achieve your, your character and you can retire them, <laughs> which is quite cool. And, and move on or have the son of or get the GM to take over your character it's, it's, and get EXP yeah. for the next character. It's quite cool. Yeah. It's also like there's like mechanics to like progress and change um, career as well. So you can like, you know, as your character grows, you can be like, oh, I'm going to just completely change my career and stuff, which is kind of cool. But just the like the the fact that, yeah, the incentive to actually not fluff around and get distracted or sidetracked and actually, yeah, like achieve that one goal to get XP. And yeah, that's a good feature. It's very cool. Well... Uh, this is the most fun part now, finally. Spending your XP, and you can now finally beef up your character with those 120 XP points you got. And I think maybe we did miss a step now that you've reminded me. Um, because when we went through your attributes, 
um, and advanced characteristics, you actually were actually meant to go. You see the ones with the little the characteristics marked with a little plus. Yep. You get another five advances to spread across those three things as you wish. So you could pump all five into one, or you could pump you know one, two, and two so, into the others. So for me, it's agility, dex, and fellowship, isn't it? Let's have a look. Agility, dex, fellowship. Ooh. That's actually interesting. I think I'm going to drop them into this charming fellow's fellowship. Yeah. Beef to give up, me another four. Beef up your fellowship bonus all the way up to yeah, 40. Yeah. yeah, you're a real friendly yeah. fellow. Really fin- smart, friendly fellow. Nice. But for now, um, for this final part of spending your... Uh, XP. Um, if you scroll down to page 43 in the booklet, um, you'll see it tells you the cost of spending your that 120 XP that you've got to spend. Um, I think that might require me digging through the PDF a little bit. Cool. Um, well, I mean, beyond that, like, that's it, right? We've got, you've got all your gear, you've got your gold, we've got all your stats done. What is your character's name again? And uh, what's he look like? Uh, Mikel Celier. Uh he's five foot four, so average height, black hair and pale grey eyes. Beautiful. A nineteen year old seaman. Or landsman. Landsman right now. Still getting his sea legs. Beautiful. Or um, land legs. <laughs> land oh. legs. <laughs> we did it. We made a character. I can't believe I picked such a complex system for the uh, for the first one. Oh my god, very <laughs> it's very involved, but we did it. Uh, now we just have to do it uh, three more times, and then we're ready to quest. Yes! Yay! Yay! Yes. <laughs> okay, so we've 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 rolled up more characters. We, we, again, we've done it all randomly. Amber, what did? Uh, you roll. What is your character's name? What are they? What do they do? What do they look like? <laughs> All right. So I, my name is Daisy Doubles. I am a human village peasant. Uh, I am 25, six foot three, <laughs> uh, golden brown hair with green eyes, and I am just a brick of a strong working class woman. I'm hardworking. <laughs> Fast on my feet, sturdy with a cast iron skill at my hand, but um, dumb as a doorstop. Not yeah. very intelligent. Yeah, I'm all. looking at your stats now. Uh, amazing toughness, strength, um, amazing fellowship and agility, uh, and just just absolute dog shit intelligence. Love those double ones. <laughs> <laughs> and we don't necessarily need to do this because we're not playing a long campaign, but do you have like does Daisy have short-term and long-term ambitions? I guess long-term would be just improving the farm and maybe like having a family that the farm can continue on through the family and continue going. Oh, um, having a family is definitely a great, great long-term goal. Yeah. And uh, short-term would maybe just be like fixing the pig's fence or something. <laughs> awesome. Love it. Uh, that is Amber's character. Let's look at, uh, Torrin. What did you roll? What is his name? Uh, what do they, what do they look like? Uh, species, all that. Hey, uh, so I am Dominique Lefrancois. I am a human rogue, uh, in the hustler career. I'm 19. I am 
five nine, golden brown hair and gray eyes. Dominique is a uh, he he is a model uh, for artists of various kinds, uh, <laughs> painting, sculpture, etc. Oh, a hustler is like a career uh, in the uh, in the board uh, uh, path, right? Yes, sorry, yes, he's yeah, a nice. uh, bod. He really, he's just trying to live life to the fullest, which unfortunately involves a lot of kind of shady dealings with various seedy characters. That's that's the perfect motivation, if you want to put that in. Is your motivation, live life to the fullest? Yeah, absolutely. So that is uh, Dominique Lefrancois, and finally... I mean, you got the most uh, hectic roles when it came to um, class and career, JD. Can you uh, run us through your your character that you rolled up? Yeah. So I rolled up a warrior priest named Rudolf Sperl. He's a Reichlander, born and bred, age 22, uh, with a golden hair, as gold as Sigma's uh, hammer, and pale gray eyes. Uh, while I uh, might not be the toughest and quickest or dexterous person, my sword is as sharp as my mind. So I'm hoping to, uh, my motivation is to spread uh, spread uh, the holy hymns of hope and hanging the heretics. <laughs> perfect. <laughs> I love that as well. In your talents, you um you rolled up uh, perfect pitch, which just works perfectly. Just as you're just just brilliant at, at belting out uh, belting yeah, out hymns. I had to I had to take that extra use some of. I was only five experience from the 120 we had to just gain, entertain, and sing, and it just works perfectly. I think I love it so much. Guys, I think that's everything. I think we're ready to quest. Yeah. Incredible. I am very excited. Looking forward to it. It's going to be great. Nice. It's going to start where um, all the best uh, adventures start. It's going to start in a tavern. Amazing. <laughs> Never got to play that before, so that'll be... Oh, yes, yeah, so something different. <laughs> I definitely haven't strolled into one as a king uh, purging holy man, so this will be interesting. I can't believe you rolled the 100 in the D100 <laughs> to get Warrior like that, that in itself is going to be amazing. I'm looking forward or to it. Or a curse. Sure. Or curse. <laughs> we'll, see. <laughs> we'll see if 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 the entire quest just ends in the uh, tavern on fire. As all of you scream to the gods as you draw your final breath. We'll see. I really like that... Um, dooming aspect because obviously it's it's pretty wild that you'd end up with it but i'm sure that you'd be able to get pretty close in some of the crazy scenarios that could happen in this world oh yeah should we go through all of the dooms oh yeah Just of course yeah 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 everyone um yes as a child obviously this uh priest this doomsayer told you how you were going to die i forgot this um i guess we'll start with daisy how is daisy going to die what was the the, the vision what was the prophecy uh, Daisy Doobles is going to die being trampled to death by wild boars. This is why you're so desperate to fix yeah, the pig pen. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, like very weird, real mortal danger ever present on my mind until I've fixed that like one or two broken sort of poles. Uh, let's go to Dominique uh, Lefrancois next. How is Dominique going to die? Or at least uh, what did the Doomsayer tell him? Uh, the Doomsayer had a pretty good idea that 
Dominique was going to be a bit of a uh, playboy, so his doom is stabbed in the back by a jealous former lover. Mm. <laughs> nice. Uh, Liam, uh, what is Mikel Mikel uh, Sela? Um, what what was he told in his dooming? He was told that at his end he'd be swallowed by Min, the god of the sea. Mm. And still he uh, chooses to uh, sail. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Nicely done. And uh, finally, our warrior priest uh, Rudolf Spurl. Uh, the uh, dooming soothsayer uh, said. With no way out, you cleanse yourself and the heretics in your holy hymns. And fire. Lots of fire. (laughs) Very good. Very good. Let's see if that's how this quest ends. uh, With all of you dying. (laughs) Uh, Not uh, foreboding at all. mm, mm, Got a race mm. through the ocean there, uh, Liam. Mm. That is it for now. But now that we have our characters ready, yes, we uh, we can begin to quest. Awesome. Awesome. Quest is nigh. That's cool. I actually, it's as long as it is, it's actually quite entertaining to make. <laughs> <laughs>